You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Soap here, excited to be joined by a 2018 NLC Twin Cities fellow. Wang Murphy is here. We'll catch up with him. It's our second Twin Cities NLC alum we've chatted to. With so much going on in that city, wanted to see firsthand experiences of what's going on and what is likely to happen in the coming weeks and months. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Wong, what do you feel like people are missing if they're only seeing what's happening in your city on the news? What are you seeing on the ground that you'd want people to know about? Yeah, I mean, I really want people to know about like just the incredible movement work that's being done here is that, you know, you know, we always say that young people are the future. Well, right now we're seeing that young people are the present. People who are leading, uh, you know, there's just a great crew of just, just incredibly, uh, one, like, amazing leaders who are black women who are leading a great deal of the Black Lives Matter protests across the city, um, who are leading, um, you know, the defunding of the police efforts, uh, who are, you know, trying to reform the Minneapolis Police Department. And we're also seeing incredible solidarity. Uh, this is the most diverse group of uh, protesters I've ever seen. Um, I was in Baltimore in 2015 during the unrest there, an uprising there after the, you know, the murder of uh, Freddie Gray. And those protests looked, you know, very much one way. And then in the Twin Cities now, we're seeing a great deal of awareness and understanding among different, um, uh, you know, race groups that generally haven't shown up before. And as an Asian American, as a Vietnamese American, I feel like this is a really strong moment for me and, you know, my community to show solidarity. And I think people have paid a lot of attention in the last 48 hours to headlines coming out of your city about your city council voting to defund police. And, and that phrase is, is, I think, a phrase people are still learning about what it actually means in practice. How would you uh, describe what the city council did? Or what's your understanding of, of what may happen next? Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to just make sure that people understand is that I, I live on the east side of St. Paul. And so we are a twin city. And so we're deeply connected um, to things happening across the river and things that impact them will impact us. But I do, you know, Everything that I say, they're not my city council, but they're adjacent to my city council. What I would say is that this didn't come out of the blue. Uh, this has been something that, you know, folks like Reclaim the Block and, um, you know, Black Visions Collective have been working towards for a very long time. Um, that, you know, NAACP and Black Lives Matter has been, you know, in having deep engaging conversations about what community and what policing can look like. And it's very clear that, you know, uh, in this country, we have... Uh, you know, a police that protects and serves some community. And then we have, you know, a force that polices other communities. And what I would say when people are talking about defunding the police, yeah, some folks are just saying, hey, let's cut the budget. Let's have no police, like police abolition. But we also know that that isn't an overnight effort or journey. Um, I'm still figuring out exactly my thoughts on that just because I, I, you know, I'm a details person, I have a policy background, and that's something that I deeply care about. But to me, you know, there's irreparable trust gap between the Minneapolis POCI citizens and the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, you know, reforms have been tried and they failed. Uh, you know, like removing guns wouldn't have saved George Floyd, Remove, like having body cams didn't save George Floyd. Um, and I think those are things that we need to be critical of and be thoughtful about. And we need to rebalance the power and the resources uh, in that city, um, in, in our city. and, and you know, city budgets across the board that we have, you know, similar to the U.S. larger, larger budget around, you know, national defense, where it's a third of the budget, uh, or excuse me, like a large deal, like over two thirds of the budget. Um, when we're talking here in our city budgets, we're spending way too much on police and not enough on community 
resources that would alleviate the need for police in the first place. And then in terms of political leadership, are there significant number of elected positions in, in your city or the adjacent city that are up in November? Are those off your elections? Like when is the next time potentially we would see the type of candidates that are running against incumbents show up? Yeah, I mean, it's an it's a election year. And so the mayors are not up until next year. But, you know, I would like to just say that St. Paul uh, recently elected or for almost four years ago, elected our first person of color mayor in Mayor Melvin Carter, first black man to ever hold the post and first person of color to ever hold it. Minneapolis is still having uh, some really difficult and frank conversations about what political leadership in their city looks like. Uh, but I think there they've been able to make tremendous amounts of history who, you know, they had two trans uh, folks of color uh, win political seats last the last city council election in Philippe Cunningham and Andrea Jenkins. I think that's a city council that has moved dramatically to the left uh, because of young people and organizing efforts. We've also had folks here in the Twin Cities like Mitra Jolly, who was a NLC founding board member here in St. Paul and is now serving as city council member and was the first you know uh, woman of uh, you know Korean or Iranian descent to come to that position. And I am currently running for state legislature here in the Twin Cities as well. And if elected, I would be the first person of Vietnamese descent to ever be elected to any office in the state of Minnesota. When we come back, we'll talk more with Wong about his NLC experience and what it led to professionally for him. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Yeah, so in 2018, you were an LC fellow, and part of the institute program that all fellows do is a capstone project. So think, uh, for folks that don't know, an opportunity to put together a, a bold idea for something professionally or maybe something you want to pursue personally. Uh, but for you, it sounded like what you cooked up actually turned into something that is still ongoing. Tell folks about what uh, it came to be. Yeah, I mean, I was in a different fellowship program where I was really thinking critically about my own space as a person of color um, and trying to pursue policy work. And you know, really started thinking more critically about what would needed to be done. And so when I became uh, a NLC fellow, uh, my cohort, um, you know, we were able to kind of just think about like that we wanted to do something more than just a personal project, um, that we wanted to look at some systemic reform. And so I decided to focus on, for me personally, you know, taking this idea about the idea that people who've experienced foster care like I did could have voice and could decide what policy looks like as someone who used to work at the you know, Department of Ed uh, under President Obama, um, I really, really appreciate the work that we were able to do there. But oftentimes it didn't feel like foster care was even really a priority, uh, that it was an afterthought. And also that, you know, community outreach um, was not seen as at the forefront, things that I fully own and things that I know I, you know, if I'm ever given the opportunity to serve again, I will try to be better on. So here in the state of Minnesota, so there was not a single organization or person in the state that was working on foster care policy that was led by fosters themselves. And as we know, people who share the identity most harmed or impacted by a system should be the ones to reform it. And so um, I diligently used my NLC fellowship time to kind of build towards that, do a landscape analysis with a couple of friends um, and, you know, really just get the ball rolling. And after, you know, I, the pitch that I use for my capstone is the same pitch that I use for funding. Uh, to my first foundation. And, uh, you know, three years later, we are, you know, I employ two other folks and uh, we're showing that young people can lead and uh, it can start with a really bold idea as a, you know, as an NLC capstone. And then the NLC application is open for folks who are considering the the 21 program. Hard to know exactly what that program will look like. We don't know how close or how far apart we'll have to be 
distance wise, but if you had to give advice to folks who were considering NLC as something for their development, what would you encourage them to to prioritize as they made that decision? Yeah, I mean, really, the power for me was the were the other fellows. Like with anything, you know, I think what stood out for me was was the fellowship uh, that you were able to connect with people that were you know that are willing to challenge your ideas and help you crystallize them. And even though you all knew that you shared similar values, it was just really nice to be in a space where you could have, you know, where you could ambition out loud, where you could challenge power and you could connect with other people who want to do those same things, even if they're in different ways. Uh, a lot of folks had political ambition. A lot of folks didn't. Um, and it was just really great to connect with folks. And I would say if you're looking for a place to make change, uh, joining your local NLC chapter is a great place to start. Yeah, well said. And folks can check out that application at newleaderscouncil.org. It's open until early September, so you have plenty of time to check it out, and we encourage you to do so. And if you want to know what other folks who've done NLC are up to presently, make sure to check out all past episodes of The Zag. You can find those at all the places you get your podcast: SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. Download and subscribe. They're all there. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you soon.